0: Nearly 13,000 feet under the sea, two and a half miles, sits a behemoth, the Titanic, the ruins of the infamous shipwreck, and now a submarine carrying five people to see it are lost, no contact since Sunday. The Ocean Gate Submersible can hold five people in a crowded area about the size of a minivan. It's one of only a few watercrafts that can descend deep enough to see the Titanic, that colossal ship that sunk in 1912. The company has been taking tourists down for the last two years at a cost of $250,000 a pop, but contact with the surface was lost just hours into their descent. It's looking dire, but there's hope As U.S. and Canadian Coast Guards search the enormous and cold Atlantic, estimates say they still have oxygen, but for how much longer? Let's pray for the rescue efforts, and these five adventurers are found. Even more, let's pray that we all see our mortality and need for Christ, who plunged to the depths of our world to rescue us from our sin. Love goes searching, but love finds us, and Christ holds us fast. Welcome to Haven Today, here on the very first day of summer, I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus as we continue in a series this week called, Is Jesus Still? for today. Sometimes it's good to just ask questions that can open the doors to share the gospel with others. The late Dr. D. James Kennedy came up with a list of two questions that he would try to ask anyone he met. First question, how sure are you that when you die, you will be with the Lord in heaven? And his second question was, If the lord were to ask you why should i let you into my heaven what would you say they're very good questions questions that everyone should think about one of my colleagues lived in south africa for a couple of years doing ministry with campus crusade for christ and one question that south african christians always asks people is are you born again it's an easy way to get right to the heart of the issue and to distinguish between people who grew up in church and people who are actively following the Lord? It's a very good question indeed. And what about talking with other Christians? How do you get into conversations with them? I can't think of any better questions than the ones you find in Romans chapter eight. In that passage, the apostle Paul asks four remarkable questions. And these are the questions I would ask anyone who claims to be a Christian, very deep questions, that talk about hope and love found only in Christ. Stay with me, and let's be encouraged by the Word of God together. And we will also be encouraged to hear another testimony of faith in Christ.
1: What was more important to me? You know, money, that's where my time was, that's where my my mind was, and, um, and that's not the right place to be.
0: That's a pastor, Eddie Ferguson. He's going to share how the Lord used prison to bring him closer to Jesus. And after the program, I want to send you the just-released Haven Quartet album called Revive Us Again, filled with hymns of the faith that'll bring your soul great joy.
2: Christ the Lord is risen today. Alleluia.
0: Blessed
3: assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Just as I am without one plea But that
2: thy blood was shed for me Just
0: a sample of hymns from the new Revive Us Again album that features 15 songs from different eras of the Haven Quartet. We hear all the time from listeners who tell us they miss the quartet and would love to hear more from them. So it's my hope that this new collection by the Haven Quartet is a blessing for you as you worship your Savior. I'd love to send it to you as our thanks for your gift, your year-end gift to Haven Ministries. Just go to our website after the program and make your gift at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And while you're there, listen to some song samples. You can call us also if you want after the program at 865 Haven. 865 Haven. And a quick reminder we still have the Jesus Revolution DVD available for your year end gift as well. And now let's open this haven today with the music of Stephen Curtis Chapman.
2: Washed clean, and we lift up our hands and sing, We are more than conquerors. Testimony, the enemy.
0: This is Haven Today, and I'm Charles Morris. Is Jesus still for today? And we opened with Stephen Curtis Chapman and More Than Conquerors. Well, before we turn to the great questions a Christian needs answered in Romans 8, I want to share another testimony about God's saving grace. And on this program, I want us to listen to Pastor Eddie Ferguson.
1: Back in 2007, 2008, I was already following Christ for about six or seven years, and um, I thought I was on the right path. I was a leader in the church. I was um involved with um, business and making money and and I, I really I was a big giver, giving giving sending money, giving giving stuff away and I thought that was the only thing I had to do. Uh you know, I memorized a couple verses. Uh always carried my Bible, attended church twice a week and so people looked at me and thought that, uh, man, you're a great Christian, man. This is the guy we need to aspire to be like. And anyways in business I had a big uh a big fall. You know, money just seems like it's never enough when when your spiritual life is not um, in the right place and it was always it was always looking for more, another business deal and so we got involved in um, in funds and making money. We had our own private place memorandum here in the United States while we had other um, investment arms outside of the United States in Switzerland, Panama, Mexico City, Guadalajara. I was kind of like the arm here in the United States and we ended up um, because of a partner that I was involved with we ended up having a a margin call because of something that happened that uh, he did not inform me of and kept me in the dark about and ultimately, um, we had that margin call. investor funds got froze. I was indicted by the feds. I was sued civilly by the investors. My assets were frozen. you know they offered me a deal for eighteen months i didn 't believe that I had did anything wrong um, so yeah I, I fought it i, I went to um, I went to trial and lost they offered me eighteen months, but I ended up getting about uh, six years in prison, did four out of that. You know, I think the love of money had gripped me. I was wandering away from the faith, and uh, you know, because what was more important to me? You know, money, that's where my time was, that's where my my mind was, and, um, and that's not the right place to be. You know, where was my investments? So my investments wasn't in people. I didn't invest in them. I didn't, um, you know, encourage them and lift them up. It was just a money, a superficial thing. And so, on the face of it, sometimes when we give money uh, away, we give money to people. It looks like a good, a good thing, a good work. But, but I think the more important value is that we would invest in people's lives. And that's what I hadn't did, and that spoke clearly to me. But you know, God restored me. God began to work in my life. I had already been to uh, a biblical college. I still had some people that loved me on the outside and uh, uh, they restored me over time. And, and I, I became a, a pastor and God um, and God has just graciously given us a uh, small congregation that, that we can uh, pour into their lives. And that's kind of where I'm at right now with, with my life. And we're just being faithful with the little things that we have. And the only thing that's gonna last is what's for Christ.
0: I'm so thankful that Pastor Eddie was able to share with us how Jesus changed his life here on this Haven today. And now let's turn to Romans 8, a classic passage starting in verse 28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also? along with him, graciously give us all things. Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. What a passage. A passage telling us not just that we are beloved of the Lord, but that he will do whatever it takes to make sure we experience his love and grace here. Our salvation is guaranteed because it depends on the Lord Almighty and not on us. And in this Magnificent passage that I just read. We hear four remarkable questions. Robert Murray McShane, a Scottish pastor, he was also a theologian from the 1800s, took some time to think about three of these questions in a sermon that he once preached. If you weren't with us the last couple of days, allow me to give a refresher on McShane. He was passionate about the gospel, he pastored a church in Dundee, Scotland. But he also traveled the world to share the gospel. Not an easy feat in those days. And sadly, he died at an early age. He was only 29. And by the time he died, he had already impacted so many with the gospel of Christ. But it was his own brother's early death that brought McShane to the Lord. His eldest brother died of a stroke in 1831. And this, McShane said, was the first overwhelming blow to my worldliness. It woke him up out of a spiritual slumber and caused him to devote his entire life and being to Jesus Christ. The rest, as they say, was history. Well, as I was recently reading Robert Murray McShane's sermons, I thought I would share some of them with you. So think of Romans 8 that we just read together. McShane commented on the first question from Paul. In fact, it is a double question in verse 31. What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? From Romans 3 all the way through Romans 8, Paul has outlined the glory of the grace that we have in Jesus. And even though we've all sinned and fallen short... Christ has demonstrated divine love for us by dying and freeing us from the power and condemnation of sin. What should we say in response to this? Paul gives his first answer in a question. If God is for us, who can be against us? It's a question that gets right to the heart of the matter. The Lord is the one who has come to save. He is the Savior. And if he is on our side if he is actively working to free us from sin and condemnation, then who can stand against us? Our salvation is secure. And that gives way to a second question in verse 33. Who can bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? We hear the word chosen and are immediately brought back to debates about Calvinism and Arminianism, predestination versus free will, important issues but don't miss the more important point with this question. Because the Lord has saved us, no one can bring a charge against us anymore. Our guilt has been taken care of. Our condemnation is gone. No one can stand as our accuser anymore. A third question in verse 34, who can condemn? The answer is no one. Why? Why? Because Jesus has already saved us from our guilt. If I were on trial for a crime and the judge exonerated me, no one can come and reaccuse me. The Lord is for us. Who can be against us? No one. Who can bring any charge against us? No one. Who can condemn us? No one. It is the Lord who forgave us. No one can change his verdict. And a fourth question is found in verse 35. Who can separate us from the love of Christ? And the answer again is no one. Paul went on. No one, no thing can separate us. Not life, not death, not angels, not demons, not politics, not economics. Not even we can separate ourselves. Why? Because Christ's love holds us fast. When did Christ begin loving us? He always has. Theologians call it eternity past. His love has always been set upon his people, you and me included. Robert Murray McShane put it like this. This river of light began to stream from Jesus toward us before the beams poured from the sun, before the rivers flowed to the ocean, before angel loved angel, before man loved man. This is the love of Christ that has saved us. And this is important. It wasn't just a generic divine love that was set upon us before creation. It was the love of Jesus. God the Son loved us. It is one thing to be loved by an angel or to feel a general love from a higher power, but it is far more wonderful to be loved by God the Son. And the love of Christ isn't just directed towards a blob of people. It was set upon us specifically, His people, sinners, It is a strange love. He is perfect, holy, blameless, and yet he chose to love us, guilty and sinful as we are. How wonderful it is to be loved and accepted by our Lord and to be changed by his grace. Who shall separate us from this love? Nothing. No one. Not just because it is the Lord who loves us and his love never fails, but it's also because of what this love cost Jesus. It cost him everything. He didn't just work for a few years at hard labor to save us. He didn't even just go through a gauntlet of suffering. He died. He was put to death. He took upon himself our sin. That's what it cost him. He was hungry, thirsty. He suffered throughout his life. And then he was nailed to a cross, all to love us, all to save us. We were sinking in the pit of sin and death. And Jesus did more than throw us a lifeline. He dove in and died to make sure we could escape. And now in his resurrection life, we have the spiritual power to love him and others. This is good news. Who can be against us? No one. Who can lay a charge against us? No one. Who can condemn us? No one. Why? Because no one can separate us from the love of God in Jesus Christ. He alone is the best friend you could ever have. Quartet from the brand new Revive Us Again, Jesus. What a friend on Haven Today and a program called Is Jesus Still for Today. Well, we are now approaching, days away, the end of our fiscal year. I want to offer something very special to you. Many people have asked for more Haven Quartet music, and so we're excited to offer this brand new collection of songs called Revive Us Again. If you're a longtime listener, maybe even as far back as when we called ourselves Haven of Rest, you know the quartet used to record music for the radio every day to fit the theme of that day. And those songs were collected, but not all of them made it into albums, until now. Revive Us Again is a brand new CD put together by our team with 15 hand-selected hymns from all different eras of the Haven Quartet. And though the singers would change through the years, the musical excellence and commitment to Christ never did. From enduring hymns to timeless classics, there's something here for everyone. I'd like to send you this new CD for your year-end generous support to help us reach our fiscal year-end goal. I pray this new collection will inspire both young and old alike to rejoice in their faith and share it with those who need to know Jesus Christ. You can hear samples from this new album when you visit us at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And once you listen, then make your gift and we'll send the CD to you right away. Or call us and make your tax-deductible gift at one 800 65 Haven. 865 Haven. And remember, we still have the newly released film Jesus Revolution. The true story of Chuck Smith, Lonnie Frisbee, and Greg and Kathy Laurie about the Jesus people movement. Inspiring and a great way to share the gospel with others this summer. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks so much for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow? And again, together, we'll share the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Words have special power. Do you remember when you were little and a loved one told you to jump in the deep end of a pool? They may have said, jump in, I'll catch you. Trust me. That gave you the confidence that if you jumped, you would be safe. In the book of Revelation, the Apostle John is in a tough spot. He's imprisoned on an island. Most of his fellow apostles have long died. But at a time of great need, the Lord Jesus visited him. And Christ told him, I am the Alpha and the Omega, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. And with those words, Jesus told his beloved disciple, I'll catch you. Trust me, I'm in control of all things. Grow in your walk with Christ. Visit GetAnchor.com.